Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, what's going on? DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook, you know, as a you know betting newbie because it's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors like myself, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention. If you're listening to this, uh, your team is in contention probably. Bet $1, and then if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT. It's the post-draft lottery edition of the Ruler of the Court podcast. What's going on, everybody? This is Jason Jones of The Athletic. I cover Sacramento Kings. I write about a whole lot of other shit while I'm over there, too. But you guys are here for the Kings talk, and we're back. And I got my part-time, sometimes every now and then, co-host back. Say hi. Hey. That's my girlfriend, who... Is not a Kings fan, but because she works in HR, understands the dynamics of how should I say, you know, good work environment, bad work environment, all that stuff. And if you've been around the Kings any length of time or been a Kings fan for any length of time, you understand that 
those dynamics play a big part in what's happened with the Kings over the last 15 years or so. So, without further delay, let's get into the lottery. The Detroit Pistons won the first pick. Second will be Houston. Third will be Toronto. And... Did I say that right? Maybe no, I said that backward. Sorry. Third will be Cleveland and fourth will be Toronto. My bad, y'all. Either way, it don't matter. The Kings are picking ninth. They didn't move up. No luck in the lottery for them this year. And in that spot, my inclination is they should just trade it and try to get some immediate help. Because I don't know if you're going to get immediate help at the ninth spot. Just my take. And in, in the athletic mock draft, I gave the Kings Davion Mitchell. Yes, I know he's a point guard, but he's also 22, which makes him probably a little more ready to play than any other prospect. And he was the National Defensive Player of the Year. And I don't care what position you play in terms of the Kings. If you play defense, they really could use you. Pretty simple. You know, the Kings' point of attack defenses were terrible for years. And last year, it was embarrassingly atrocious. It was... It was a sight for sore eyes. It was a crime before God. It was, it was several things. Uh, Mika, you, I don't know if you, how many Kings games you actually watched, but when you did peek them out, how bad? I mean, were you confused by their seemingly willingness to let people score whenever they wanted? Yeah, my optimism that I had for them earlier in the season dissipated <laughs> over time by watching them toward the end. Yeah, and now even though and they, they played better defense at the end, but the problem with that is it's too late. Yeah, that too, and your best, you, you know, your best players weren't playing, and the defense was better, which is kind of problematic. You know, you paid De'Aaron Fox a whole lot of money to be your best player, and the defense should not be noticeably better when he's out, and that just can't happen. That just can't be the case. But you know, like I said, I thought you know I could see the Kings going a million different ways if they keep the pick. I said in my mock. Uh, Mitchell is the best available player, so I was like, you know what, you take him. People said he could be a Marcus Smart type player, which the Kings could use probably two of those. You know, a disruptor defensively. You know, I don't. You know, I, I understand also. You know, in terms of uh, size, Davion is not the biggest guard. You know, he's like he's listed at six two, which probably means he's closer to six feet tall. <laughs> it's the way the the measurements go, but. And like I said, in my in my mock, I figured, you know what? If you're serious about making the playoffs, you got to get someone who gives you the best chance at getting immediate help. That's why I went with Mitchell with my pick. But that being said, I don't think they should keep the pick if they can help it. If you're talking about being serious about making the playoffs, and you need you really need to get this roster upgraded because it's not a playoff caliber roster as as it is currently constituted. And that includes if you bring back Rashawn Holmes, it's not a playoff caliber roster. Which brings me to something I wrote about after the after the lottery. I'm I believe that if Philadelphia has truly given up on Ben Simmons, the Kings need to take all they can and anyone not named De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, and say and I'd probably say Harrison Barnes. This is me though. If you're not one of those three guys. You throw what you got to do, including that ninth pick to try to get Ben Simmons to Sacramento. And I'll explain to Mika, I know she's not a Sixers fan. Basically, Ben Simmons is one of the best defensive players in the year. 
of the, in, in the seat in the in the end the year in the NBA. He was second in, in defensive player of the year voting. I actually voted him defensive player of the year. I had him first on my ballot. Huh. I had Draymond second and Gobert third, and then Gobert went ahead and made me feel like I shouldn't have had him third in that Clipper game. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> but he's uh, had some challenges on offense to the point to where he shot free throws so bad, even Shaq was like, we would have punched him, and you know, if, I, if he, we were teammates. He shot 34.2%, which is like the worst in history for anyone who has taken that amount of free throws, like 70-plus in, in the playoffs. And to give you some context, Shaq was never that bad, not even close. Oh. Wilt Chamberlain was never that bad. And there's some, there's some pretty terrible free throws. I mean, some shitty free throw shooters in the playoffs. No one's been as bad as Ben Simmons was this year. And it was like, and, and the drop-off was so bad. Like, it was, I mean, it was amazing. It was just like one game he went 4-14 of in, in, in a game they lost, you know, a close game. 4-14. And he's the guy running your offense. He's playing point guard, has the ball in his hand. So it's kind of hard to run an offense when the guy... You need to get things going. It's getting fouled and sits at the free throw line and missing free throws. You know, so yeah, he's had those issues. There's been, you know, I saw a thing on ESPN this morning. There's been, and I've heard this before. There've been questions about his uh, work ethic. You know, about uh, whether or not he's a good team, a good of enough teammate, the level of accountability he has, so on and so forth. But I want to. Uh, whenever I hear about players not having accountability. The, the I of course I look at the player, but the first thing I look at is the organization they're in. You know, what was the level of accountability established, and how was that different from where they are now? And I heard about the, the lack of accountability Ben was being held to going back to his time at LSU. You know, it's only a year. I mean, he was the consensus number one pick from the start. The whole world knew Ben Simmons did not want to go to college, but he had to because of the one and done rule. So he had to go to L. He went to LSU, you know. He uh, he was said to be uninterested in college, playing college ball. That team didn't make the NCAA tournament, and that's kind of impo- that's, that's pretty damn hard to do. If you've got the the consensus number one overall pick on your team to not even get into the tournament, I mean, sixty five teams make it, and you couldn't get to the tournament. And story I heard was that. They had a chance to go to the NIT, and they asked, you know, basically if the players all voted to agree, they would go. Ben didn't want to play in the NIT, so the team didn't go. So uh, that's just one of those little round-the-way stories you hear about him. And then heard Stephen A. Smith talk about how, you know, he doesn't work hard. He, he was told by someone from the you know, close to the Sixers that he doesn't work hard. He has no accountability, but he has a bunch of enablers around him, so on and so forth. But I've also heard about the enabling culture the Sixers created during the quote-unquote process where they kept losing on purpose to get good players in the draft. So I've heard about that for years. So I'm not going to dispute whether or not Ben Simmons had a terrible you know, lack of accountability and whether or not he would bring that to Sacramento in a trade. I'm going to start by by posing the question that if a guy has been in the league since what 2013 14 or whatever 15 whatever the case may be he's been in the league this long and you know made two all-star games was rookie of the year without any accountability why aren't we blaming the philadelphia 76ers for creating this 
I mean, am I wrong to say that you don't get this far in your career like this if the people you work for have, have not on some level allowed it? I mean... That's fair. I mean, it just continued. It never changed for him. So he's always been held here, whether he deserved it or not. He's always been... He was given the, the crown, so to speak. And that just continued when he got to Philly. Yeah, so that's why I'm, I, I believe a change, of, a change of scenery is probably good for him. I don't know if you can backtrack all that now. I don't know if he's been this way in Philadelphia for as long as he's been there. If you can all, all of a sudden go, you know what, Ben? Shit's not acceptable. We want you to be different. Ben, be like, why? You've let me be this way the whole time. Like, why would I change? You know, and that's, you know, to me, that's a fair, it's a fair question. I mean, how do you, I don't know how you just up and change that for him. But then if he does go somewhere else, if he gets traded somewhere else or whatever, is that new organization going to allow him to be the same way? Because changing scenery and still being the same is, is still nothing. It does no good. Correct. And, you know, the question becomes, you know, for a guy who's been in Philadelphia since 2016, you know, does a change in scenery and maybe an estab- a new establishing of what's required make things different for Ben? Maybe they're, the, you know, Maybe just kind of this this public slandering of his game and how terrible he's been, and, you know, offensively. I mean, that game, that game seven against Atlanta, where he's got a dunk and he passed the ball. It just told me his head's got to be screwed up. Ben's lifted at six foot eleven, and he passed up a dunk like either like I like I don't want to get fouled or I don't know what's going on. So that to me that tells me just that he's got some other stuff going on and I think maybe you got to get him out of there to start changing that and I, I just think you I don't I don't I don't know if after five years you can expect it to all of a sudden be different with him in that city and plus I don't know some of the way that his teammates were talking about him after the game like you mean you've got Joel and B basically saying that game changed mind you other players on that team played like shit in that game too. I watched the whole game. It just wasn't Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. but he's the lightning rod right now. And you got Joel Embiid saying, "You know what? That game kind of changed when we had a dunk, and it ended up being just one free throw because he passed it, and the, and the player missed two free throws." I just don't know if with a work environment if Ben Simmons needs to be back there. You know, can can that just change? I mean, they changed coaches. They've changed. You know, if the front office around, but can you really expect someone who's been in that environment and been that way that long to all of a sudden be like, I'm going to be different, especially if it's, a, it's an environment where maybe you don't feel like your coworkers even want you there? That That's a management, leadership conversation to have. So if they want something different, then they're going to have to do something different and and then expect and hold him accountable to something different. Mm-hmm. Especially if, if he's the star and everything happens around him, then in order for him to, to lead, then he's gonna have to change. It starts with the leader. Mm-hmm. So, and, so what is Philly willing to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, and then if you, I look at the Sacramento situation, again, I, I believe that even with all his flaws, the Kings are so in need of talent, they can't afford to pass up a talented player if they can get him, especially on the cheap, 
because of, of his flaws. I mean, this is a flawed roster. I mean, flawed and since they ain't got enough talent. You know, why are you laughing? <laughs> it's true. This team ain't good enough to turn his nose up at players because they got issues. Like, your franchise has issues. Mm-hmm. They ain't been to the playoffs since 2006, as I wrote. They haven't been to the playoffs since the sidekick was the thing to where, you know. That was cold. I mean, they might. we might have just been getting out of flip phones then. I might have had a BlackBerry in 2006. I don't remember. But that's the last time they went to the playoffs. How crazy that is. Like, their players, their, like their younger players on the team, have no recollection of the Kings ever being good. Like, if, you get, if you're like 22 years old, you barely remember them. You're like... Do you even know they existed? No. So, they've got them, you know, but the, I mean, it's fair to also question the Kings culture. Has their culture changed enough to be able to deal with someone like Ben? And... I don't... Go ahead. Based on how he is and the way we're talking about him, I don't know if going to Sacramento would help him. Because if, if their that whole management situation with the team that they have, and then you bring somebody in like I don't know if that's it either. Yeah, because the Kings have had a history of fostering bad behavior. Yeah. So for not holding players accountable for enabling things, I mean, for God's sake, just this season they allowed Marvin Bagley III to go home while he was injured, and then wouldn't explain why Marvin Bagley wasn't with the team. So I mean, the Kings definitely have their issues, definitely. But I still say it'd be worth a chance for them. I mean, we know what do they got to lose except more basketball games? Do you know, and I think if you had a core of Ben Simmons, uh, De'Aaron Fox, and Tyree Taliburton, all under twenty-five, one's been a two-time All-Star, already one of the best defenders in the NBA. You know, De'Aaron's starting to ascend. He had free throw issues too, which I know would be scary for people if you if two of your three best players can't make free throws. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think you, if if you can, if you you they have to at least explore it. So who's the leader? Who's the leader on the team? That's the uh, that's the issue with the Kings. They don't have a. I wouldn't say they have a strong leader. I actually actually I think the leader is Tyrese Halliburton. We talked about this before. But he I, and I I would believe that in year two, he'd be a lot more forceful. Mm-hmm. You know, as a rookie, you're kind of feeling. I think after a year, I mean, Tyrese is already a confident guy. Mm-hmm. So I think. Year two, he's going to really be on some, I ain't taking this shit off of y'all. You know, I, I did not enjoy losing last year. We ain't having that. So I think if he can establish, I, I think you know, De'Aaron was working at it, but it's not natural for De'Aaron. And I can tell with Tyrese, from the time he was four or five years old, he was the kid, he, he was probably the kid at the, on the playground organizing the high, you know, tag and like, no, we're going to do it. Like, you know, I, you see that connector. Mm-hmm. With him, so I think he would be be the guy. And so, if you have if you have the leader, and then you want to bring in the talent, kind of of Ben to that mix, because you don't need Ben to lead. No, <laughs> you need somebody who's already there. So if Tyrese is the man to do the job, great, because you don't want anybody messing up the bring jacking up the work ethic and kind of what you've already established. Yeah, and- we don't need more of that. And I think, and in terms of coaching, I think Luke. This will be actually a good situation for Luke, for him to be with Luke because Luke is a very reserved, laid-back guy. And getting out of Philly, where shit, like I said, Ben can't show his face in Philly right now. Ben can't get a cheesesteak. I got some friends who were Sixers fans. To put it bluntly, they ain't fucking with Ben Simmons right now. 
I know that my man Clint Cole and my other Franco Kai, they're mm-hmm. big Sixers fans. They're just like, I never want to see that man in a Sixers uniform ever again. Ever. They were like, I mean, they were burning his jersey and stomping on it after that game. Mind you, he wasn't the only one that played bad. I watched the game. Joel Embiid had a crazy late turnover. I mean, Tobias Harris, where are you, where, 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 you know, where were you during the game seven for the most part? The second best player was Seth Curry, former King Seth Curry. But if your second best player is going to be Seth Curry in a game seven, you're probably going to lose. And they lost. So I think, I think um, just Luke would be good in terms of just a mindset to have him around. I think you know, along with Alvin Gentry who's a very creative offensive mind as well. And I think the Kings would actually play Ben Simmons at center. Turn him into their version of Draymond Green. Play him a lot at center. Hmm. Take the pressure of him having to be the point guard. I mean, because between Tyrese and De'Aaron, you don't need Ben to be your main point guard. But if he's like a, you know, jack-of-all-trades, four-slash-power-four-slash-center, Defensively, you put him out there with four smaller guys. You can switch one through five, like legit switch. And you Ben can guard anybody. Cause I mean, even in that game seven where he was looking terrible on offense, he's still making plays on defense. So I'm like, you got to rewire him on offensive end, not defensively. If he, you know, and that's kind of the, I don't know, I say the contradiction or the the thing that's kind of tough for me to understand. When people say he doesn't have a good work ethic. It's hard to be a good defensive player if you're lazy. You can't be. So something tells me, just as an outsider, that this is all mental. Because you can't be a good defender if you're lazy. You know, yeah, I know he's, he's tall, but still. It's hard to be a good defender and be lazy. And not be smart. So that's why I'm saying if the Kings can do something to get him, by all golly, they should do it. You know, just go ahead. You know, if, if it means buy Buddy Hill, if it means buy Marvin Bagley, so be it. You've come out already and said that the, the goal for 21-22 is the playoffs. So don't trot out the exact same damn team next season and tell me you're trying to make the playoffs. I'm not buying it. Yeah, if you want something different, then you do just something. And that's been the problem with the Kings for years. They'll say they want something different and do the exact same thing. And when they finally do something different, it's like, I'm going to trade my best player at the All-Star game. <laughs> so, I mean, hey, it is what it is. Let me know what you all think. You know, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram. Oh, by the way, I'll be on vacation, so I probably won't get back to you much. I'll probably be on Twitter just talking shit for the hell of it. But, yeah. So, uh, you know, Mr. Underscore Jason Jones on Twitter, Mr. Jones LBC on Instagram. So, let me know what y'all think about... And, should the Kings pursue Ben Simmons? If you were the Kings, would you pursue Ben Simmons? I know they they better pursue somebody. I know that much. I don't, you know, even if you don't get him, at least I think no the players knowing you're trying makes a difference. It, it I think that that improves the morale of your locker room where you're especially when your key guys know the team's at least trying to get better. Because for years, Kings players knew their team wasn't trying to get better. So. That's where I'm at with that. And before we get out of here, you know, we got to talk a little music, a little hip hop, you know, was good. And I was trying to think of some good change of scenery situations in music. And uh, full disclosure, I'm recording this from uh, Las Vegas, you know, so. So if you maybe we're we're talking over here before we go out into the pool area and chill, you know, as I, you know, lounge a little bit and begin my vacation. And we're talking about Las Vegas music, music that sounds 
this music maybe sounds good in Las Vegas that you you know at the club but before we get there I want to say some change of scenery type things for me the most obvious to me one of the most more obvious change of scenery situations that paid off in the long run was Snoop leaving death row also when Dre left death row people are like it looked crazy but years down the road I think it paid off so I think maybe Ben Simmons could use a use the Sacramento Kings as his No Limit Records go there learn some different things get his confidence back but then the Kings wouldn't want him to leave after that they, if he's good they'd want him to stay but you think though but so Mika music wise you know it's, you know, it's Vegas it's just a party you know you have any musical Vegas related selections as we talk about changing seasons and new things and changes of scenery. Well, my first song that popped in my head, we, you know, it's the first day of summer was a few days ago. So June 21st, we're in the summertime. We made it outside. So we outside and, you know, in the streets. So, um, but the first song that popped in my head was summertime. Um, not so much hardcore like we like to be talking about, but oh, just, wow. just being out. <laughs> <laughs> Not like you. <laughs> Just being out and about, and um, yeah, we we you know you can wear your you know thighs out and things out. Oh in the wow, streets. I can. Yeah, I'm since not, we're together, that's all I'm saying. I don't know if I'm gonna do that. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's the first song. Just. You know, we're just being out and we talk about change of scenery, um, change of teams, you know, transformations are happening, whether it's, you know, people are getting fit to be out and wearing their cute outfits or whatever. But um, yeah, Summertime is my first song. Mm-hmm. We Outside is my second song, my other jam for the outside. Think about Summertime by DJ J. The Justin yes. for his friends. Okay. That's why I say this is a little more. You know. I like that song. I've talked about that song. Do you mean it's a little more? And plus, that's Philly, so that that works Look, for Ben. See? It works for Ben Simmons. Full you know. circle, right? You know, there. my favorite summertime song is "Summertime in the LBC." Well, of course. You know that was you know you know that was the thing that was the jam in high school. We was rolling through high school football practice. That was our little anthem. I would I would perform it right now, but that's y'all don't want to hear me go ooh it's summertime in the LBC. No, mm-hmm. so. You know, but yeah, you know, it's then my favorite, probably, a lot of folks have filmed videos in Las Vegas, but I think my favorite one is still Ice Cubes, you know how we do it, just rolling down the strip at night, you know, that's probably my favorite all time, uh, Vegas, but you know, I've I mean, I've, I've seen E-40 out here in Vegas perform, uh, who else have I seen? I saw Public Enemy. Who have I seen out here? I attended the Art of Rap Festival in, uh, Vegas back in 2016. Okay. And so yeah, I saw Public Enemy. Twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, what a, I don't know. For some reason, twenty sixteen is a special year for her. I don't know what she means by the <laughs> randomly saying that. But yeah, so I think I saw Naughty by Nature there. Uh, you know, EPMD. So yeah, you know, I was in a kid from the eighties and early nineties hip hop heaven. You know, Ice T. You all. Know, you know. So yeah. Um, yeah, we're just rambling about music at this point, you know. So. We might get to see some folks this summer, right? Perhaps, yeah. Perhaps. The summer and beyond the summer, you know. Beyond the summer. It's going to be concerts again. I can't wait. So, I don't know what you guys are doing. Hot Girl Summer, Meg the Stallion. She's not having, by the way, she's not having a Hot Girl Summer. Oh, 
in thighs out. I said no. Earlier. She's not. She's not having a hot girl summer. <laughs> not if I can help it. Woo-hoo. No, we, I don't know what she's talking about. Her hot girl summer. She can chill on that type of talk. Mm-hmm. That being said, mm-hmm. we're not going to keep you too long. This is going to be a quasi abbreviated edition of the Rule of the Court podcast. Uh, again, you know, we'll see what the Kings do with their draft capital. Do they turn that into a player who helps them down the road? Or do you flip that into something that help you now? We'll see what happens with that. So, again, Are you, are you going to mention the highlight, what you're looking forward to while being out here? Or are you going to say that for next week? Oh, excuse me. I didn't, I didn't know that I was going to be part of the show. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're out here because as a Father's Day gift, Mika has just treated me to a tour of the of Allegiant Stadium, the home of your Las Vegas Raiders. And the, the, when I grew up on them, they were the L.A. Raiders, and they became Oakland. They were Oakland first, but I grew up on the L.A. Raiders, and they moved back to Oakland, now they're in Vegas. So we're going to do that. So, yeah, that's just her. She wants a pat on the back. Be like, yeah, look, I, I got that for you. So That is not why I was mentioning that. I just, you were talking about how, how pretty she was yesterday as we were driving by. So I thought maybe you want to mention it. It had nothing to do with me, but thank you. You're welcome. I'm about to get me a new co-op. So. <laughs> know that we doing is what we doing. So more to come on the stadium. I'm sure he'll want to talk about it. You know, the next time he's on the podcast, it's going oh. to be a good tour. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, aka the I, second best stadium in in the country. Aka, I've just been told I better talk about it on the next podcast. What? I, I think you how, 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 how was it the second best stadium? Second best to what? AT and T Stadium, baby. Go Cowboys. <laughs> You're really trying to get fired today. I'm not talking about the damn Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, let me guess. This year is your year? We'll see. Mm-hmm. Let me guess. Yep. We're like the Kings right now. I don't know what's going on. Well, no, I ain't that bad. Y'all been to the playoffs. In the last... Well, I mean, we have. But I'm just saying. We're, we're you know. Did you hear that, there. Kings fans? Even teams that ain't even struggled nearly like we like the Kings, like we we in the toilet. No, you can't. stop it. I didn't say that. I'm just saying we're just in a in a period. We're in a pivotal point, and you know we trying to get back. I didn't say about the whole playoff situation. I'm just saying. Okay, yeah, because Kings fans would be like, hold up. We wish we could say we choked in the playoffs. That means we at least got there. Oh, did I say the Cowboys choked? I'm sorry. Okay, enough. No, did I say that, you know, the Cowboys almost won the playoff game? Anyway. Okay, I'm sorry, y'all. This has gone off the rails. <laughs> Somebody yeah. else might get fired today. What? You, you, see how, you see how emotional Cowboys fans are? Talk about their little team. They want to break up with you. <laughs> oh, is how we are? Fine. It's over. It's over. Why? He said Dak Prescott ain't elite. He said, he said Zeke ain't the best running back in football. I'm through with him. Y'all see this? I'm gonna give me some breakup hip hop song. Play me some Drake, and then probably some emotional breakup music with Drake that I can listen to. Since I'm clearly gonna get dumped for why? For talking about the Dallas Cowboys, ain't this something? I didn't say that. See, she, somebody it was, getting all emotional. It was here. implied. Y'all on, heard on her. Y'all, y'all heard her imply. Y'all heard her imply. I did not imply that at all. But who else is gonna get? Who will be getting fired? What you talking about? I just say it. You wanted to have something to say? You saw a fired co-host. Well, hey, you get fired too, sir. Okay, y'all hear this. <laughs> I need some happy music now. I need some like, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna play some Drake because she, she's, you know, you know, 
Or maybe some Drake. Or, I'll find Drake, it. you're the best. There you go. That song right there. Okay, yeah, okay. All right, y'all. We're going to get up out of here. We're going this, to the pool. All right, this is Jason Jones. Miss Lamika. I'll catch y'all next time. Y'all be good out there.